Well, markets are being pulled in all directions again this morning, but we find ourselves with the US dollar down, equities generally lower, and bond yields down a bit too. There wasn't any good news to encourage anything else. China's retail sales nosedived. Europe's forecasts are down, as you might expect. The New York Fed Empire State Manufacturing Survey was a lot lower than anticipated. And oil and wheat are on the up. So when do we reach the inflation peak? When do things start getting better? It's Tuesday, the 17th of May, 2022. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, a very mixed session for U.S. stocks. The Nasdaq is down 1.3% in a session that has seen some very wild fluctuations. It's the same for the S&P. That was down, then up, then down, then up. Finished about 0.4% down in the end. The Dow, though, has generally been on the climb, but it finished only just up after close, despite an attempted last-minute rally that fell flat. On uh, bonds, U.S. 10-year treasuries are down a few basis points, but again, the volatility with the 10 basis point range today, range today much of that uh, later in the session, Two years are up ever so slightly. Very minor movements across most of Europe, but generally down. Same for Aussie, 10 years, down a couple of basis points at 3.38%. The US dollar has fallen back a little again. It's down 0.4% this morning, below 104.2 on the DXY index. But again, you know, that is not far off its all-time peak. The Aussie has climbed half a percent. It's at 69.7 US cents now. The pound is up 0.4%. The euro are up 0.2%. The Japanese yen ever so slightly up. Uh, there's been a big movement in oil today, sadly. Another 3% on WTI, close to $114 now. Brent is up 2.2%. So the price of both of them is almost exactly the same. And wheat today up almost 6% for reasons that will become clear on today's podcast. So does anyone really know where we're heading? That is the question. Let's look at what's happening overnight with NAB's Ken Compton in Sydney. First, Ken, I mean, this choppiness in equities and in bonds, I mentioned that uh, 10 basis point range in uh, 10-year Treasury yields, uh, we're all just looking for signs, aren't we, on, on where inflation is heading. And while we don't have that or we don't have any positivity, markets are just uh, sort of jump, jumping around in all directions. Yeah, morning, Phil. The markets certainly are being torn in, in quite a few different directions at this point. And particularly if we sort of look at um, look, look at movements within the Treasury market, the 10-point range overnight, as you've said, we've actually done a couple of 20-point ranges um, in the past few days. And there there is this continuing tension between the Fed continuing to talk up you know, how high they're willing to get rates or at least how, how high they're willing to get them quickly to a, to a neutral point and that the market is, is concerned about what, what, what that could mean for the, for the recession outlook. It seems that the, the market's sort of confidence in inflation coming down in the medium to longer term is still, is still pretty intact. Um, you know, break-even break even inflation measures are, are, are off their peak. Um, it's now just a question of, of sort of how confident um, sort of longer run growth can be and, and also just the, a, a bit of a consolidation after such a large move in, in, in the past few months. You know, we started the year around 1.5%. We've been trading above 3 of late. So, you know, you, you can sort of have debates about whether it's the the size of the move or the absolute level that, that is important, but to, to some extent they're, they're both relevant. So with, with such a big move in, in treasuries, we have been looking for some measure of, of retracement or, or pullback just for just for while the market starts to wait for, for data to actually to actually catch up. So yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, let's China look at some maybe showing some signs of easing. Yeah, well, yeah, we'll look at some of that data in a moment because we had numbers from China. We also had the New York. Uh, 
uh, Empire State Manufacturing Index. But just on this thing about, you know, confidence that inflation is going to come down and that the Fed is doing the right thing. So we had John Williams from the New York Fed talking overnight saying, you know, he doesn't see any dysfunction in the Treasury market. You know, it's all hunky-dory as far as he's concerned. He said, you know, the, the, the bits of the economy that are most out of balance and are running too hard are the bits that are most responsive to changes in interest rates. He is very confident that monetary policy is going to do, do its job. On the other side of the Atlantic, Andrew Bailey, God bless him, the governor of the Bank of England, in front of the uh, Commons Treasury Committee, sort of like trying to pass the buck. He's saying, you know, well, most of this is energy and goods, you know, and we don't have much control over that. We, we, You know, things couldn't be any different if we'd really treated monetary policy any different. Obviously, he's trying to defend the idea that he's going too late. He's, he's saying, you know, well, we couldn't have done any different. Yeah, there are very divergent views there. And I mean, you know, the, the BOE did actually start to begin to, to tighten rates a little bit earlier. So yeah, They could have gone the, harder, of course. You know, if, if this philosophy of, um, of getting on top of inflation a little bit earlier is correct, then um, yeah, the, the, maybe the BOE did actually have a... Do actually have a head start versus the Fed? I mean, you consider that um, you know it's barely uh, barely two months at this point since the Fed was actually still technically easing the fir- the la- their last QE bond purchases were in March. That's that's not long ago, really. So so the, the, there has been a, a bit of a, a bit of a difference in the in, in the timing that's been taken, um, and you know obviously. The BOE does have a lot. Well, the UK economy, I should say, does have you know, sort of significantly greater exposure to those to those energy to those energy costs. So there's a little bit of a, a, a difference in the nature of the of, of of the inflation there. So I think that can explain why there's such a such a disparate um, yeah such a disparate attitude. And yeah, well, the let's look banks. at yeah, perhaps. But you know, it's still that big question mark, isn't it? Is the is the Fed going to be able to do it without uh, hitting recession? Uh, and we have the New York Fed's uh, Empire State Manufacturing Index down to minus 11.6, one of only two negative reads we've seen since uh, June 2020. Uh, and we all know why it was uh, why it was down back then. I mean, the expectation was it was going to fall, but it would be about 16.5. So instead of 16.5, here we are, minus 11.6. This is, I know it's only a regional survey, but this is a big surprise. And a chunk of it was a drop in new orders. So demand is slipping, clearly. Yeah, I mean, the... Those some of these regional Fed surveys do tend to be quite erratic, and the um, the, the the Empire State has been a been a particular example of that over the last um, you know over the last few months. If you recall, there was a very strong rebound back in April, which um, was seen at the time as being um, you know being a little bit a little bit questionable, um, just in terms of the the veracity of, of that number. So, uh, a, you know. A, Obviously, this turnaround now was larger than expected, but obviously we've also seen the the, the China lockdowns um, you know, deepen a little bit more since then. But I mean, having said that, um, you know, if, if when we get to I mean, sort of broader broader measures such as the such as the ISM, which is a more national survey, uh, that 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 is potentially going to show even uh, you know, sort of even more sentiment downside. But there there was very little um, there was very little sort of good good numbers even in the detail. Of that um, of that report, as you would say, so you know, um, you know, delivery times were, were one thing that um, that sort of did dip a little bit, but most of the other details certainly didn't point to a point to a positive picture for for sort of US you know, sort of supply chain issues more generally. And no real big news in in terms of uh, prices easing either. They did, but you know, no. hardly worth talking about. So what about China then? That was uh, the other bit of bad news. Uh, I'm loving the way this is working, Ken. You're trying you're trying to uh, talk it up, and I'm sounding like the uh, uh, the, the the pessimist here, but you know, <laughs> but the numbers in China were pretty bad, weren't they? I mean, industrial production down two point nine percent year on year. Retail sales down eleven point one percent. 
fixed asset investment from 9.3% to 6.8%. I mean, you know, this is a country where, you know, we're used to seeing uh, big positive numbers and, uh, you know, incredible positive numbers for, ma- for many years. But lockdowns really have knocked them for six, haven't they? Yeah, and and that's certainly ex- exactly what we saw through that through that data. I mean, obviously, as as the monthly data comes out, you're getting further and further into this period of of, of lockdowns across um, across Shanghai to a lesser extent, Beijing. So um, obviously, broad weakness was expected, but the, but that but that data was was even worse, really. So, and I guess yeah, and and the question that's being asked more broadly now is you know sort of what what stimulus is is in the offing to you know to sort of counteract this given that's typically the the chinese response um, obviously mm. the difficulty at the moment is that while those lockdowns are still ongoing um, you know stimulus is, is difficult to to implement while yeah. while mobility is, is so limited and um and and that's really going to be the question going forward so the, there was you know you, you sort of talked a little bit on um, on, on this forum yesterday about Shanghai starting to, to ease some of their sort of harshest harshest restrictions as they've had a few few days of sort of lower transmission. Um, there was some more some more details yesterday indicating that that could be going ahead. The, the details are all, all a little bit unclear, but um, if there mm. is you know sort of a, a, a chance of any more stimulus sort of being being put in, that that's really only going to come as these lockdowns start to move. I mean, over the weekend there yeah. was some reduction in in, in mortgage rates for. Uh, for first home buyers, so maybe indicating that a little bit of the thrust, at least, may well be uh, into the into the housing sector. Obviously, a fairly traditional traditional stimulus means for for China, um, but um, yeah, obviously they're going to be facing the sort of similar headwinds to the to the rest of the world in terms of you know sort of maybe um, um, if, if inflation starts to, starts to rise, there stimulating to that is going to be difficult, and also. You know they've been somewhat tolerant of the of the softening CNY, but uh, but their but their sort of view on that sort of going going forward is uncertain as well. Now, uh, Europe, uh, the uh, European Commission issued their revised forecast. No, no surprise, a downward revision. So for growth this year, they've gone from four percent, which is what they're forecasting in their uh, their winter predictions for this year. Uh, so this is the spring predictions now. So a quarter later, they've gone from four percent down to two point seven percent, which just sort of edges them slightly above the pre-pandemic level by the end of this year. Uh, but uh, you know, you, you can't help thinking even those numbers might be optimistic if uh, you know those supply chain difficulties remain and gas supplies are harder to to come by. And, uh, you know, are they also optimistic on inflation? They're saying inflation will reach 6.1% for 2022, which is quite a bit more than the 3.5% that they were forecasting in their winter forecast. But they're saying it's going to fall down to 2.7% in 2023. So both of those seem quite light on, don't they? Yeah, I mean, certainly given the experience we've seen in, in the US where, where inflation is, sort of, is, is obviously sort of headlining above 8%, I mean, it may well have peaked. Um, that's the... That, that's the challenge with with forecasting these these numbers, particularly where within with the European energy inflation component to it, which is a massive you know supply side shock and a lot of you know, a, a lot of um, sort of binary binary events in there t- to some extent. Um, you know, um, you know to what extent can does Russian energy remain part of the picture? Presumably not much, but. Um, mm. But still, there has to be forecasting well, assumptions made, is, made around that, and that's, yeah, Hungary still insistent that they're going to, ta- you know, they're going to take it. So uh, yeah, I mean, it still could be part of it, and we, and we don't know where oil's going. I mean, that's obviously the big fact there, and oil is being pulled in every single direction, isn't it? How much is going to come from Russia, uh, and uh, you know, uh, how long is China going to be in lockdown as well? You know, uh, that's all. That's all going to influence those oil prices too. 
Yeah, yeah, it, it, it will. There, there's a lot of factors um, pu- pushing things in different Yeah, directions. the other commodity which is uh, shooting up in price is wheat uh, because uh, they're still producing some in Ukraine, but not obviously not as much. But this ban on exports from India because uh, their wheat uh, crops have been decimated by a heat wave and they're basically saying they need it for themselves. So that's going to push food prices up. So there's another inflation worry. But anyway, we could talk about uh, all those reasons why inflation might continue to go up. Uh, we could talk about that till uh, the cows come home, couldn't we? Uh, but let's look at uh, today. The RBA minutes uh, are out from uh, from the main meeting this morning. Uh, well, of course, when they raised interest rates by 25 basis points. Is, is, is there much we can glean from from these minutes, do you think? We've had plenty of communication from the RBA. Obviously, with the meeting statement itself, there's been a press conference. We've had the uh, we've had the SMP. So, in theory, that there shouldn't be too much left on the table. But uh, we know we know all the forecast numbers and all, and all those sort of assumptions. But one thing that we will be looking for that we might get a little bit of a clue on will be some of the thinking around the exact decision to make that 25 basis point uh, step. So, leaving the cash rate at a at an odd 0.35 percent. Um, yeah, the governor did describe 25 basis point increments as business as normal, but um, whether that um, whether that means that the the point three five is the starting point for those 25s is locked in, or whether there's scope for some you know, sort of return to around quarter point figure that that'll be that that'll be sort of something that's watched closely. We did get sort of a, a hint on one of those technical details. Well, not a hint. We got a we got an answer on one of those technical details in the minutes last month when they clarified the spread between the uh, the bottom of the the cash rate corridor and the actual cash rate would be minus 10. So um, you know, given there's still, the market is still pricing a, some chance of a, of a greater than 25 basis point move um, come um, come, nec- come mm. next month, if there's any clarity around whether we should expect a, a return to sort of a quarter point increments will sort of make a difference as to whether you can think about that as being more likely to be a 40 or a 50 or a 25 so whether you can take take one of those out of the mix would be uh, would would be good for those of us who are um who are building spreadsheets based around uh well, fresh, 40 would be nice, wouldn't it? Because it would round it off nicely. It's just a bit of an uncomfortable number. At the moment, exactly. So I mean, and it. ultimately, it's it's meaningless to, to, to some extent. But um, <laughs> financial markets professionals put a lot of meaning in um, in strange details sometimes. So they like things to be neat. Yeah. Yes. Look, uh, in the US, retail sales, industrial production uh, have they been hit by inflation? The expectation is actually that retail might, might have picked up a little in, in April, and we also get the. The NAHB Housing Market Index as well. So, yeah, I mean, we want to see, don't we? What's it done to uh, to, to shopping in the in the US? Yeah. So, yeah, for, um, expectations are for a little bit of a little bit of a bump up in in, in retail sales. Um, obviously, yeah, sort of, yeah, the, the prices versus volumes sort of mix is is really the is really the key there in terms of what that might mean for longer run, you know, sort of longer run consumer health. Um, so it'd be interesting to see where, where that lands. Um, yeah, industrial production, unsurprisingly, is, is expected to fall just just as a pretty much as a, as a fallout of those uh, China ch- Chinese lockdown figures in in, in large part that, that that we've been talking about. Yeah, look, so. there's a lot on today because we yeah we get uh, as well as those growth predictions that we saw from Europe. We actually get the actual GDP for Q1 later on today as well. We get the UK unemployment rate. Christine Lagarde is going to be speaking as well. So, you know, presumably she's going to be cementing in that talk of a of a July hike that we've been hearing so much about. And Jerome Powell mm. uh, is talking early tomorrow. There's a Wall Street Journal event. I think it's this, this Future of Everything Festival, which he's uh, talking about, I think, which uh, the future is everything's going to be more expensive unless monetary policy does its job and brings those prices down, which uh, we're led to believe is what's going to happen. Uh, Ken, good to talk to you. We'll catch you again very soon. Thanks for being on.
Cheers. Thanks, Phil. And that is Tuesday morning's Morning Call from NAB. I'm Phil Dobby. Back again tomorrow morning. See you then. Thanks for listening.